days with me beyond what you can imagine here on Alex Garrett Podcast. Because literally, I'm in my room in the middle of the street in a beautiful borough, in the beautiful borough of Queens, coming to you live on Spreaker.com. In the middle of our street. I mean, this song is, is sort of like our theme song for this home. It is our house. My mom, my stepdad. And where does room for improvement come from? Well, I'll, I'll give you backstory. So, first of all, welcome to my room. Uh, literally podcasting once again, looking outside my window of the room I've been blessed to live in and sleep in for now nearly 18 years this month. And, um, let me take you back to at least a year before. And of course, we moved out here in 2002, my mom and I, uh, to be with Vic, my stepdad. But <laughs> where this is interesting is as I started getting older. So I moved out. We moved out here when I was 10 years old. But about eight or nine, I started to get restless in the apartment that an apartment I grew up in in East 44th Street. Started taking a, a uh, wooden stick and poking at the ceiling saying, I need more room. I want to expand this place. Well, I didn't know that little movement of poking and trying to expand the ceiling would lead me to this incredible house I'm in, this incredible room I'm in for now nearly 18 years this month. End of August will be 18 years. And what triggered me to talk about this, actually, is that Apple Media, well, Apple News, and, well, Fan Media Network, said, we're going to feature your stay-at-home recap on the Yankees and the Braves. Now, I didn't know if it was a particularly good one, but thank you, Fan Media. And for all those home recaps, home videos I did based on, you know, from like 2009, 2010 on to now, that is such an evidence of improvement and shows that this room has only been a room for improvement, a room of improvement. And of course, I couldn't get here today without the love and care of my stepdad, Vic Furman, my dad, my mom, pop, all of them who in this singular house one time or another, and every day almost, um, just keep encouraging improvement. So, and I still believe in the room for improvement, but I'm also proud to be in the room of improvement. And why does it hit me so much? The room I'm coming to you from right now has seen me throw up because of food stuck. The room you're seeing me, you're hearing me from right now has seen me lay in bed, not wanting to move at all because of high fever, because of bad stomach, because of other medical things that might have happened. Yet this has also been a room of improvement. Because no matter the high fevers I might have from a UTI, no matter the 
number of times food gets stuck, no matter this, that, or the other. There's always been improvement in this room, like uh, a guardian angel, like God is looking over this room, as he is every uh, room in this house. But in the darkest times, I mean 3 a.m., trying to watch the Australian Open because I can't sleep, Australian Tennis Open, because I've got a raging fever and the UTI. I'll never forget that. To them bouncing back. Even in 2020, we've had some things happen. But I've improved from them so much so that I'm more aware of the improvement I can make in my health. And, you know, Hamilton sings the room where it happens. Well, this room has seen a hell of a lot happen. A heck of a lot over the last 18 years. And it's gotten me through a lot, too. You know, I, I sometimes come in this room and I enjoy joining the podcast world for a second. I come in this room and I sometimes just enjoy laying back on the bed watching Yankee baseball. And so this room that I'm coming to you from right now, a room that's seen me enjoy, yes, stuffed animals when I was a kid, a room that's seen me try and cut my teeth on the videos year in and year out, a room that's seen me break down over a woman or over something. This room's been as steady as ever. And yeah, when I dormed, I missed it. When I was in Port Washington, I would miss it. When I was in Connecticut, I, I would miss it. But yet, here's the room I come back to. To improve myself. For improvement as well. And to be proud of the improving already. So maybe you could take a closer look at the room you've inhabited no matter how many years been in New York or wherever, and say, man, how much improvement has been done in this room alone? How much work has gone in to maybe being featured on Apple News from home, stay-at-home recaps? That's a thing now because we can't go to the stadium. So maybe those kind of moments for you have happened as well and you just haven't examined it. But I, I'm just taking a moment here to say thank you, Mom and Dad, for giving me the tools to truly uh, get places from my own room. My stepdad created this whole studio with a microphone, uh, which I've since moved to the window. But he empowered this movement on Alex Garrett podcasting. Vic Furman did. Because he's been there. He's been in the radio. He's on radio at home times. And he said, we're going to get you mic'd up, literally. And here we are, another Saturday sit-down. Very exciting to talk about, actually. And mom, I, I think I told you this before. My mom and my dad, uh, to an extent, I mean, he always thought I, he always had me playing ball too, but when the reality was I, I may not be able to do it uh, professionally or something, my mom said, why don't you do this for a living? Well, I hope you don't regret that, Mom. I know I've been talking your ear off the last 28 years, but here we are, talking people's ears off 
at five years old, I was told, why don't you switch your goals a little bit? Not only did I switch them, not only did I want to do it, I did it. Sorry, when muting my TV, doing NHL, like 95 hockey on Sega Genesis. Then I'd mute my TV and do play-by-play. And then I remember this vividly as I talk right now in the apartment on East 44th Street. I would literally be playing football or baseball video games, basing up the uh, doing play-by-play of these games. And so that has never left me. And so to be in my own room and still be featured on Apple News, that, that said a huge thing to me. It was like, kid, you're in a room of improvement and you have been able to be in a room for improvement and be blessed in a room for improvement day in and day out. Remember, I didn't do daily podcasting on the before quarantine because I was literally running around. But Mike Myers inspire me. Radio Hope, there you are. I think somewhere out there you're probably listening. At Delgado, I mean, the daily thing really just became an inspiration to do and to fine-tune this every day. And again, get away from the hard news and say, what's really eating me inside that I want to talk about tonight? By the way, a follow-up from Thursday night's podcast. Uh, The 9-11 tribute in lights will be happening. Thank you, Frank Siller and Tunnel to Towers. Thank you, Governor Cuomo and 9-11 Museum. I don't know what you were thinking to begin with, but thank you for reversing course on that one. That's a huge deal. And because, remember, they didn't even have the memorial lined up. So now you take the memorial and the lights, and what are we doing? So at least the lights will still help us not forget, lest we forget about that tragedy, about those who died in the tragedy, those who went in face first, you know, running in to save people, FDNY, NYPD, lest we forget them. So, a lot to be thankful for today with that decision, with the ability to podcast from home. And then... I was thinking of a bigger picture today. So, what would you do if you happen to be rollerblading by and seeing a whole setup of an event that's going to take place outside Queensborough Hall? You would be interested, I would think. Well, I definitely was, and I wasn't sure what dignitaries would be there, but it ended up being a really nice reminder how this borough of Queens is a room for and a room of improvement. Uh, Let me take you to today, Sharon Lee, the acting, as you know, uh, Melinda Katz, the Queensboro president, did win the DA race, and she's now our district attorney in Queens. And Donovan Richards, councilman, will be taking over the role of Borough President, he spoke today. Uh, but Sharon Lynn, the acting, made this announcement outside Borough Hall today. Um.
or at least I thought she'd make it. Uh, what's going on here? These cuts work beforehand. Hmm. Well, l let me work on this for just a minute. Um, here is Sharon Lee. Thank you again to Yemi Wu. Yemi Wu, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I heard her voice for the first time a little under a year ago uh, in Manhattan at the Cagney Annual Korean Parade and Festival. And when I heard her voice, I was just stunned and blown away. I think I did a double take right there on 32nd Street. Uh, Yemi, your extraordinary talent will take you to greater heights. And uh, may the strength and the power of your voice continue to uplift the entire Korean diaspora. Uh, again, for folks who are tuning in online, thank you for joining us. Uh, I know that you wanted to be here for a while with us, uh, but of course, in light of the COVID-19 pandemic, we wanted to prioritize everyone's safety. And so we have a very limited number of people here. I think it's a little under 25. Uh, for folks who will be part of the program, uh, from whom we will speak uh, and hear from. Um, but uh, again, on behalf of the 2.34 million residents uh, of Queens, it is my distinct honor and privilege to host the very first celebration of Hangokjeol, of Korean Independence Day, here at Queensborough Hall on this, the 75th anniversary of the independence and liberation of Korea. I mean, 60,000 Korean residents, and today was the first Independence Day celebration for Korea. Of course, over the years, it's become South and North, but actually they both celebrate the independence because that was, if you look at the history, National Liberation Day of Korea is celebrated in both South and North commemorates Victory Over Japan Day when the U.S. and Soviet forces ended the decades-long Japanese occupation of Korea. This is the only Korean public holiday celebrated by South and North. And you know, I was thinking about this. I wonder what the families here of the 6,000 residents, I wonder what those residents are thinking about on this day, how they're, you know, how North and South Korea really are doing. Uh, you know, the Seoul South Korea mayor was killed uh, he, 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 for, I think, sexual harassment. I mean, he was not, he's dead. And so there's been a lot of turmoil over in South Korea as much as in North Korea. But this serves as a reminder how Queens is always room making room for improvement, how it's always being there for his residents. How it's very diverse. And I want to play you more because this is kind of where I thought this conversation should go today. More from Sharon Lee, the acting borough president of Queens. She's rocking it, by the way. The hard work and the sacrifices of our parents our grandparents, the entire Korean-American community. And our success is your success. 
And although I may not have been born here, and many of you may not have been born here, just like many other daughters of immigrants from around the globe, my heritage largely shapes who I am today. And Gwangbokjor is of particular significance. In the fight for independence, my grandfather, Yi Won, with the help of my grandmother, Yoon Seok Soon, traveled frequently between occupied Korea and China to support with funds to fuel the resistance led by General Ji Chung-jun, Ji Chung-chun, and was even captured and tortured by the military in his efforts. And after the Korean Peninsula was liberated by the Allies in 1945, thanks to, thanks to the sacrifices uh, and the commitment to democracy and freedom uh, by soldiers from around the globe, my grandfather began publishing a free newspaper in 1947, and it was called the Minjok the People's Newspaper, and also the Minjok the Citizen's Critique, because the robust exercise and protection of free speech are the cornerstones of democracy, of freedom, and justice. And it matters who writes the narrative and who authors the record. And so, diversity. And then, let me send you over to exhibit number three of why today was so important. The former borough president, Melinda Katz, had these words that should really inspire this borough um, beyond belief. Well, thank you uh, for this great honor to be able to speak at the first Korean Independence Day celebration from Borough Hall. Uh, it is an amazing opportunity for all of us to have dedication uh, and how much the Korean community has meant to the Borough of Queens County. Uh, I want to thank Cagney for the great work that they do. I also want to just point one little thing out, which is that Sharon Lee, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is the highest Korean elected official in the state of New York. I think I'm right. Well, when I came to see the assembly, I'm going to bring your, bro, your district's bigger. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, it, it is amazing. And just for the record, and all of you that are watching on the website, just understand this. I appointed Sharon, she was deputy borough president, and I knew she would make a phenomenal for a president. I appointed her for two months. <laughs> then that became six months. And now it's a year. So uh, she handled it like she's handled everything in her life with style, class, and grace. So thank you, uh, Borough President Lee, for today. Um, I want to uh, also acknowledge Richard Lee, uh, who is the Director of Finance and does so much for our community, Senator John Liu. Of course, good old friend, uh, and Donovan Richards, city councilman, who is going to make an amazing borough leader. And we congratulate him uh, and look forward to working with him. Today's Korean Independence Day celebration is an amazing step in the borough of Queens County. It is one that, you know, not, not to go unnoticed that we have a Korean borough president. It's the first time we're doing this event, and I'm a little embarrassed. We didn't do it before. So, but, uh, you know, uh, the Korean community has meant so much to the building of our borough, to the, um, to the children that follow, to the lessons that the community has taught, to making sure that young people follow on the right path, to make sure that our Korean culture is never forgotten. 
And isn't that the great thing about these events? You can assimilate into the United States of America, and that's what we should be doing. But at the same time, we celebrate our fathers and our parents and our parents before them. And we need to do that to give respect, to make sure that we honor the past, and to make sure that the, the thing that Queen's in, which is the 200 languages in 190 countries, that it remains the great place it is because each of us, each of us, remember to respect our parents before us. Each of us remember to respect our traditions and our music and our culture and our, our religion and our dress and our music, which is really the universal language. So, so that is just incredible. Thousands of languages spoken here in Queens, the melting pot of the city, a DA that, by the way, I mean, you see crime spiking everywhere, and Queens still feels pretty damn safe, if I do say so myself. So, thank you, Melinda. Uh, very cool, that, and thank you, Sharon Lee, for honoring that heritage today. And it should inspire us that this, this borough is one big room. We are that unisphere of culture and diversity. We are that unisphere we see in Flushing Meadows Park. You know how we're that uni unisphere? Because almost everyone on from uh, every continent on that unisphere is represented in this borough. Every, nearly every place it feels like on that unisphere is represented in this borough of Queens. How cool is that? So how much uh, <clears throat> more important is it that we leave room for improvement in this borough to continue to grow, continue being the multi, multi melting pot, continue building more and more in Queens? How important is it then that we allow businesses to do business with our borough, the beautiful borough of Queens. How important then is it that uh, Alicia Hinman, someone Alicia Hinman, and actually someone who's on the call today, Ron Kim, came to an agreement where the African American community and the Korean community would come together and and connect through the Queens Chamber of Commerce. Look. This borough seems to be better off than what we're seeing in Manhattan. And it's it's who we are. Who we are. We're, we're actually led by leaders that seem to be wanting the best for this borough. And I, I can stand with that. I can be happy today that we had seen an honoring of this Independence Day at a time where, to be honest with you, Koreas are hurting. The Koreas are hurting. Oppressive North Korea and South Korea just trying to not be attacked and still thrive. And by the way, we can still learn from them how they got rid of COVID in a matter of time in South Korea. We can still learn from that. 
But more importantly, what we can learn from today in honoring this day and the 60,000 Korean residents, what we can learn from that is just improving relations in this beautiful borough. Improving it to where we are indeed the best borough of them all. And we want all boroughs to be successful. But right now, Brooklyn's struggling with crime. The Bronx is struggling with crime. Right now, Manhattan, on most parts, is is dead on arrival. I hate to say it, but it is. And all across the city, still businesses are hurting. Still businesses are not being open, though they should be. Queens College won't have in person. I mean, they'll probably have the fall classes online. But, you know, I got to tell you, with experience, having that gym closed doesn't help anything. We, we actually offer community memberships, swimming memberships. We offer things to the community of Queens that we cannot offer right now. And that's, just thinking about it, that's disheartening. Because I tell you, you talk about a place that comes together, that would be the fitness center. That's where I feel like a lot of the community interacts. Even if it's local, it's, it's part of the community. And so I think today exemplifies why that sphere is in flushing because we do honor the cultures on every block of this borough. Today cinches that even more. And I'm proud to be here in my in now nearly 18th year with mom and Vic right here in our nook in Queens. It's amazing. It's quite remarkable, actually. And I hope if you're a Queens resident, you're proud of this borough too. Proud of the strides we've made. Proud of the culture, the diversity, the melting pot that we are. And I'm not chilling for anybody here. I'm truly being honest that Today was a great reminder that we are in one big room in this beautiful borough of Queens. How do we expand that room? How do we let this room that we're all in work cohesively and beautifully even more? How do we make it a room for improvement in Queens to a room of improvement even more? And the biggest thing, the biggest thing I could say, don't close the door on this room known as Queens. Leave it open. Yeah, at first I was a little uh, sad that the iconic skyline of the Coca-Cola was taken over by property, but you know what? We're building. Almost every street you see new houses going up. We're building. Almost every street you see new Things happening. I mean, Astoria, that's lit up for a reason. Because people aren't safe in the Brooklyn right now. So they're coming over from other boroughs to just have a good time and escape the realities of the borough that they're in. I, I really believe that wholeheartedly. One 
whole freaking heartedly. And so with that embracing of culture, we should acknowledge that business should be allowed to resume here. We should acknowledge that people, that, that even corporations that want to be buildings only in Queens, let them in. They will help with the diversity, I believe. And they will employ those who are maybe out of work right now in this borough. And the one last thing about this. I come to you on this podcast a while ago and said, man, and I hated saying 4,000 people because uh, 990 of them were not even tested for COVID. But let's say over 3,000 did have COVID. That were true. We've got that number down. Queens is doing its part after being the epicenter. Queens is doing its part, and I love to see it. I love to see it. And so I will say hi to you if I see you on the streets of Queens because that will continue to build the community, at least in my mind. And it should be more of a borough that says, hey, how you doing? How are things? How's life? In the early stages of this, I remember rollerblading around Queens, people out of their houses. And I'd stop by, hey, how you feeling? How you doing? And they'd tell me their story. I mean, this is a very... It's a borough that wants to talk, I think, a lot more than others. So let's talk to each other. We're in this room together. Let's improve it for more people to join our room, our beautiful borough of Queens. And, you know, I'm a Yankee fan, but I also have Met jerseys. So I'll just leave you with this because I, uh, I feel like this is a thing. Right? Meet the Mets. Have a great night. Meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. Bring your kiddies. Bring your wife. Guaranteed to have the time of your life. Because the Mets are really sucking the ball. Knocking those home runs over the wall. East side, west side. Everybody's coming down. streets. Where do they go? To meet the Mets! Oh, they're hollering and cheering and they're jumping in their seats. Where do they go? To meet the Mets! All the fans are true to the orange and blue. So hurry up and come on down. Cause we got ourselves a ball club. The Mets of New York Town.
Bob Murphy welcoming you to the first regular season game in the history of the New York Mets. Brought to you by Rheingold Extra Drive. <laughs> 